Chaos and Christ Podcast. Chaos and Christ Podcast. We honor Christ. Lift heavy weights, act like men, and resist tyranny. And now your host, Alexi Felix. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to Chaos and Christ Podcast. I'm your host, Alexi Felix. Today, we're going to touch into some culture stuff, politics, not really politics. It's just culture. And it's a mess, and we all know it. But it was just a thought that I had not too long ago, and it made me chuckle. But I really want to dive into, even in this, the seriousness behind all of this. And I don't think I need to be the one to tell you how serious this is. But it is the time that we find ourselves in. So I was uh, just thinking with all the smash the patriarchy, men are toxic, women, it's their turn kind of thing. I've just been thinking and trying to wrap my head around a couple of things, mainly the men that are identifying as women stepping into the arena of politics sports acting whatever it is you name it men biological men that we can objectively see and know based on science biology and just with the naked eye have become quote-unquote women which is not true can't happen but this is what the culture in the world is saying can happen and they enter into these arenas like powerlifting swimming politics you name it they step into this place and they are awarded with women of the year trophies and i just wondered for the feminists and those that are upset with men and want to smash the patriarchy, I wonder how that makes you feel. And I don't think a lot of people have given much thought to it because there's a narrative that is going around that basically tells you, and it's a cult, that tells you that if you don't go along with this narrative, then you're canceled. Things won't go your way. You'll get kicked off of the cool group too. And considering that this is a cult, there's a lot of inconsistencies that we know is taking place. It's pretty obvious, right? <laughs> pretty obvious. But anyway, I came across a article on the Federalist, and it was funny because I'm reading this, and it was literally what I thought exactly what this was. This article is titled, <laughs> You've Probably Never Been Woman of the Year, But These Men Have. <laughs> and it's funny because... That's the point I'm trying to make. Like, men being women of the year. Men. And just what happened to all these raging feminists that said that women can do it better if not better. But here we are claiming that's true, and yet men still dominate everything that you guys have ever touched. It must hurt deep inside, but you have to cloak it. You have to. Put a sugar coat over it because you have a narrative to follow. And this is important for your cult. But looking at this article, 
and they name a few key people. And I'm just going to go ahead and just kind of cherry pick off of these names. For example, Richard Levine, who now likes to go by Rachel. I will not call this man Rachel because it is not a man and I don't decide to play into the delusion. This man is Richard, who goes by the nickname Rachel, a man who parades around in ladyface, that's pretty accurate, as one of its 2022 Women of the Year. Now, this man here was very grateful that he had children, first and foremost, because how could he live without his children? He waited until that time for that and then transitioned. While at the same time, this is the same guy that will push for young minors to be mutilated for gender ideology. But it's but forget those kids, as long as he got what he needed out of his life, and now he's going to go ahead and push these sort of narratives and ideologies and disgusting and wicked practices on children who don't get that chance. He had the chance. He clearly did. Very grateful for his children. And that's what being a man is, right? You produce children. You have that sense of pride. You extend yourself. This is how God created us as man, right? We are to go, therefore, and multiply. And so clearly, even he can't deny the mandate that God has given him as a man. But then he goes ahead and goes and push for the denial of these young children's decision in the future by making a premature decision for them, influencing them, and just buying into their sort of emotional whims without any consequence to the future, these kids won't know that. But he's willing to rob that of that for them. Not him. Not him. Let's go to the next person. Bruce Jenner. Again, a.k.a. likes to call himself Caitlyn Jenner. And she was someone, oh, I messed up, he was someone that won the woman award, right? Like, I think I'm reading this. This man is a 6'2", former Olympian, who began going by Caitlyn in 2015 and came away with the title of the magazine's transgender champion. It's So there's another man dominating something in women's arena. Who else we got here? We have uh, Roderick Laverne. Cox, who just goes by Laverne. I think I know who this person is. If I'm not mistaken, he was in Orange is the New Black. I believe so. So an actor, right? So there's that. And I think one woman of the year in 2022 as well. Yes, that's exactly what this article is saying. We have, no, actually that was, that was not Roderick. But, oh no, yes, they had a, he had an award from Glamour, followed in his June 2014 Time Magazine cover, a glowing profile that openly discussed trans lobby's attempt to co-opt the gay rights movement and boasted about fixing nature's mistake. So, yeah, there's that. And then we have MJ Rodriguez. I don't know who this person is. He apparently... Let's see here. Among Time Magazine's Woman of the Year in 2022 was MJ Rodriguez, born Michael Anthony Rodriguez Jr., a male stage performer 
who identifies as an Afro-Latina trans woman. If you look at the pictures that I'm looking at on this article, man, you can see man all over this dude. He ain't fooling nobody. It's just not it's not working for him. Laurel Hubbard. This one this one makes me laugh. Just looking at Hubbard's picture is just funny. This is a straight up white dude. Overweight. Still has masculine features. He's a power lifter, a weightlifter. And let's see what it says here. Before he began taking experimental hormones, Hubbard competed in men's weightlifting. After he competed against women at the 2020 Olympics as part of New Zealand's team, finishing dead last in the super heavyweight category, Hubbard was nonetheless named Sportswoman of the Year by New Zealand's University of Otago. So women actually beat him in this, right? And now this is a man. You can literally see him. He's a man. He comes dead last in the super heavyweight category, but New Zealand still gives the Sportswoman of the Year award to this man. Like, the insanity behind this. Come on, ladies. This cannot be something you're happy with. This cannot be something, especially with that situation. I'm a fitness guy myself. That's embarrassing on all levels. You couldn't even still hack it in the women's division. You came in dead last. How do you sleep at night taking an award that really wasn't for you? I, I don't know. Anyway, moving on, we got Ebony Harper. I don't know who this is, but this is politics. Let's see. California's Assembly District 7 named Ebony Harper, a man, as its 2021 Woman of the Year, of course. This year, Harper also received a California Woman Making History recognition from Lieutenant Governor Eleni Kanalulakis. I don't know. This is also California. California's a hot mess. We have Cecilia Chung. Who's Cecilia Chung? Several years earlier in 2014, another California district honored a man who goes by the name Cecilia Chung as its woman of the year, Phil Ting. So his name is Phil. San Francisco's assemblyman bestowed the award on him a year after Chung successfully pressured San Francisco officials to make their city the first in the country to pay for uninsured residents' mutilative sex surgeries. Yeah, anyway. Leah Thomas, you guys remember Leah Thomas, right? Leah Thomas, Leah, it's not Leah. What's his name? William. William, a, a swimmer? Yeah, he's a swimmer. And then started competing against women, started roasting the women, started just dominating the sport, just killing the game. I think he was awarded some awards, stuff like that, right? Come on, ladies. Come on, feminists. This cannot be something you're happy with. Because at the end of the day, what this proves, is, and you're not going to like when I say this, but what this proves is men really do rule the world. We just dominate. it. We are so headstrong and so dominating that we'll step into the role of woman and take your awards, take your titles. And tell you to your face that we can do it just as best as you, if not better. But you can't deny that because it goes against the narrative of the cult that is happening in our day. And that is the unfortunate situation. 
What does that mean? What is all of this? This is, this is man. And not just man as the male version, but man as in humankind, rejecting the truth of God, rejecting it so deeply, suppressing the knowledge and the truth of God so much that what they do is in that suppression because they have to hold it down with so much pressure. What Romans 1 tells us is exchange the truth for a lie. And they start worshiping the creature rather than the creator. And so you get this, and then you get these sort of just depraved and debased mindsets. And again, you find this in Romans 1. Read it for yourselves, Romans 1, 18, all the way down to verse 32. And you see what is happening, that the wrath of God is revealed against all unrighteousness because man has basically said, I don't need you, God. You've made a mistake. We have the answers. And what he does is he turns us over to this unrighteousness as judgment. And we think, finally, we got the freedom. We get to do what we want. Little do you know, it is judgment against you. God has pronounced judgment against you, judgment on our nation. That is why you're seeing what you are seeing right now currently. This is what happens when a nation rejects God. Now, what we live in is a relative world, a postmodern world that was adopted a ideology that your truth is your truth and my truth is my truth. And so truth is relative rather than objective. There is no absolutes. It's what you decide to make up in your own mind. That is truth. And we just agree that is your truth and your truth is my truth. But there's something faulty with that logic. And what, here's the fault behind it, is that if that is true, if your truth is your truth and my truth is my truth, then I guess my question is, what happens when my truth says your truth is a lie? Is it still true? Oh, man, the uproar that would take place with such a conversation. But it's, it's inconsistent. There is no substance there. It's all based on subjectivity. It's all emotions and feelings. It is man in love with his sin, hating God because he is righteous. He is holy. And no man can step before God in his holiness and righteousness and walk away guilt-free. We stand before holy and righteous God guilty. And people get to this place where they know deep down inside that they're going to have to give an account to God. And they hate it. And they think in their rebellion they are finding liberation and truth and pretending to be a fool by saying that there is no God, as uh, Psalms 14.1 tells us. But they know deep down inside what is happening here. They know. And so what I want to do is I got to get into Scripture and let you know what happens with those that live in unrighteousness. Let's get into Scripture. All right, here's what we have. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, and we're going to start in verse 9. Now, here's what it says. Or do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? I can pause right there. 
I can pause right there for you. Do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Now, you might start saying, I am a Christian. All right, so I identify as a Christian. But God knows the heart, and he knows who are his. And here are those, as he lists out, as the unrighteous. Because there are people today in our country, in our culture, in America, that claim that they're Christians still bind into this nonsense. And so the scriptures tells us, do not be deceived. This is for you. Neither the sexually immoral, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor men who practice homosexuality, nor thieves, nor the greedy, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor swindlers will inherit the kingdom of God. I'll pause there before getting into verse 11. These are clear, straight to the point, sins that God is saying through the pen of the Apostle Paul will not inherit the kingdom of God, which means that God sees this as sin and it's abominable. And because he is holy and just, cannot pardon this. He will not pardon sin. What we see here is all the things that we've adopted in our culture, sexual morality. We got porn on demand. You can get it on Snapchat and Twitter if you really wanted to. And so you get that sort of immorality that is taking place. You get people sleeping with each other unmarried. Women taking husbands away from wives and vice versa. And then going to church together as if this is something that's good. It's not good. It's actually against God. This is a sin against his holy, righteous standard. And you will be held accountable for that. Sleeping with one another outside of a marriage covenant. You will be held accountable for that. You don't. You can go to church all you want and sing your little Happy Hillsong stuff. And you still will be guilty under the wrath of God because this is what you make a practice of. Sexual morality. Sexual morality is a very dangerous thing. Very. It is one of the sins that is actually against your own body, as the scripture says. Every other sin is outside of the body, but the sin of sexual immorality is a sin against your own body. The body that the Holy Spirit dwells in. So think about that for a second nor idolaters. You know what idolatry is, right? It is the worship of any other hearken engraven image or other foreign god. Now we think, I don't have a foreign god. Like I said, I'm a Christian. I'm a Christian. But what you don't realize is that you do have a god that isn't the true god, and it is yourself. It is selfism. It is relativism. It's all about your emotions and feelings. And any truth that comes and opposes that feeling is rejected with anger. And then still with confusion, too, because then you walk around and say, my God wouldn't do that. I'm a Christian. My God wouldn't do that. But you're not reading the scriptures clearly. No idolaters. We make a God out of a lot of things. A lot of things. We put things in place of God to fulfill some sort of need within us. We do. What Romans 1 tells us, we worship the creature rather than the creator. We exchange the truth for a lie. That is what we do. Why? Because we suppress 
the knowledge and the sin and unrighteousness, we suppress it. We don't want it to come up and condemn us and convict us. But you're worshiping yourself at the end of the day. That's idolatry. And of course, foreign gods and other false religions, that's idolatry. The idolatry of today is relativism, is postmodernism, is selfism. It's now this activism of wokeism, right? Isms everywhere. All these are intertwined. The names keep changing, but at the end of the day, it's Satan behind all of it. And it's a lie. And you've exchanged the truth for a lie. Nor adulterers. Adulterers. This is cheating on wife and husband, husband and wife. But remember that Jesus told us that if you so much as lust in your heart after someone, you've already committed adultery. So Jesus takes it a step further. It, all, it happens in the heart. And in the heart, you're already guilty. And so those that are sleeping with one another, fornicating, outside of the context of marriage, hear me from a place of love. You need to repent and end it now because you're not going to inherit the kingdom of God. I'm not necessarily pointing the finger. I'm not pointing the finger because I've been guilty of this as well. All of us, for the most part, have. And you'll understand what I mean by that as well as I read and finish out this passage. But adultery is a very serious sin. God abhors it. Does not allow for it. And in this culture, that is just what it's become. That is what it's become. Moving on, it says, nor men who practice homosexuality. There you have it. I don't think there's anything else that needs to be discussed here. Homosexuality is a sexual immorality. It is a perversion. It is abominable. It isn't right. I know that this would probably get this podcast kicked off of the airwaves, but it is what it is. You won't inherit the kingdom of God. And then verse 10 says, nor thieves, nor the greedy, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor swindlers will inherit the kingdom of God. Complainers, liars, manipulators, people with anger. We won't, they won't inherit the kingdom of God. And then in verse 11, it reads, And such were some of you. But you were washed, you were sanctified, you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the Spirit of our God. Now, this is a a letter written to the Corinthian church who have become Christians and have submitted themselves to the teaching. They've become Christians. And so what Paul is doing is reminding them that they are no longer that anymore. They are not that anymore, and such were some of you, but you were washed, you were sanctified, you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, because that is what Christ did. He came, he took the sin, the penalty of that sin on the cross and died for you, and he died for me. He died for all these homosexuals out there that are battling with this sin, for every transgender out there. He died for you, not to affirm you, but to redeem you, to sanctify you, to wash you, make you clean, to make you new. Because from then on, you are no longer that person. You are a new creature 
in Christ Jesus. Behold, all the old is past and the new has come. Not by your strength, not by your might, not by your power, not by your credentials, not by anything that you could ever offer because you got nothing to offer. It is by grace and grace alone. And we are saved by faith alone in Christ alone. By grace alone. This is what's happening in this culture. This is what's happening in our time. This is the chaos that we see in our time. And I hope that you are hearing my voice. And if it convicts you, angers you, then I pray for you. I pray that you turn to Christ. I pray that the Lord grant you mercy to repent of your sins and bow the knee to Christ Jesus, who is Lord and Savior. He is God. And God has called you into newness of light. I hope this brought you some truth. If you're encouraged, amen. If you're convicted, amen. And if you just agree with me, the name man, share this with someone else. Share this and continue to share this because this is a ministry. This ministry is to take men and women in the chaos of sin and point them to Christ. That is my life mission. This is what I'm here to do. And I'll do it to the very end. I thank you for listening. God bless. If you found value, then please subscribe and leave an honest rating and review. And remember that in the midst of chaos, Christ is there.